Hello and welcome everyone to Minute 36 of The Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into The Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob. I'm Tom. And joining us today is Jim O'Kane of The Rocketeer Minute and The Apollo 13 Minute. Welcome, Jim. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me on this show. I, this is one of my favorite. I say this a lot of times, but we seem to be doing a lot of favorite movies, and this is one of my favorite movies. I mean, I go way back with this. I can remember uh, being a kid in the 60s watching this on uh, – it was like – that was a big night when it was shown on uh, on CBS. You'd, you know, All night was going to be the great escape, so you had to sit down and watch it. So this, this brings a lot of rusty neurons back to life. So you were happy actually to see it without without commercials this time? Yes, this is it's so it's so nice without you know watching for uh, donut commercials and Chevy ads. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's real it, it, much shorter too. <laughs> uh, yes, especially when you only watch five minutes of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, but a, a great it's a, it's such a great caper film and it back in an age of caper films, and uh, this is it's, it's unique unique in what it does. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a beautiful film. It said, I mean, it's not that much different from thing you know other caper films like Top Cappy or Ocean's Eleven or um, even the Mad. It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. <laughs> I've just got to get to the end, and everything goes wrong in between. Um, but uh, great, it's a great formula. But they they managed to make it seem very original uh, in its in its presentation. Well, it's partially because of the fact that it's, you know, based on truth. I mean, based very, very loosely, I use that term. <laughs> but, I mean, have you, have you read the book that this is based I on? Ha- I have not read the book. I have not read, Ooh, read it. Something read it. that I know that Jim doesn't. Wow. There you go. Right. Yeah. I, I realize it's based on a real thing. I mean, there really was a, a Stog Love 3. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, and there was, uh, I've watched the making, or the, the documentary that came with the DVD. <laughs> um but yeah, it the, really, you mean the return, the return to the Great Escape? Um, that may have the one that has the interviews is from 1992. It has the interviews with uh, with a lot of the cast members. Yes, is that yes. the one. Okay, right. yeah. You should also check out the uh, the coolest guy movie. That's also uh, there's a one hour documentary that came out about two years ago. Oh. Uh, both of both of those are actually written by uh, by someone who we're going to have on the show in uh, a few months from now. Awesome, uh, Steve J. Rubin. That's who it is. Oh yeah, uh, he yeah. also wrote the unauthorized uh, James Bond uh, book. Yes, I. Uh, we have mutual. Possible. We have mutual friends. He's a great guy. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. He was very helpful uh, for us. I mean, uh, he he was able to get us some context here that we never would have gotten otherwise. But, yeah. but we won't discuss those either. Okay, yeah. Those Things will come up later in the season. Yes. Don't want to be. Yes. Spo- don't want to give too many spoilers here. Uh, well, well, this this uh, the scene that you've given me here. That this this first minute is such a classic. You know, p- putting the team together as to who does what. They they do everything but build a you know build a small ta- uh, model of the town and have a have a Delorean exactly. drive through it. So <laughs> exactly. All right. So so episode thirty six starts off with Big X continuing to discuss his plan for the Great Escape, and it goes all the way until uh, Big X says, "I want." And that gets cut off, and we'll talk about what he wants uh, tomorrow uh, when we get to that point. But, yes, Jim, you're completely right. I mean, this is a, a, a perfect uh, setup to explain to everybody what's going on. I mean, you're right. They could have used a little model of the camp and showing us everything. But I think they, they, they do a, a good enough job uh, giving us a visualization of what all of the, the various jobs are of each of these 
characters. I mean, this this scene uh, continues from from the the the, the last uh, last week we discussed a few of, few of the minutes that were that were dealing with the, the beginning of the scene. But this is the one where he specifically gives out all of his different jobs to everyone, which which is interesting to actually look at. I mean, the first thing he says in this minute is he, he, he gives orders that he wants maps, blankets, rations, compasses for all workers, including uh, train timetables, which, again, this is these, all of these characters just got into this camp today. You know, it, it's, it's amazing how quickly Big X's mind, you know, is able to form a plan. Done this three times before, too, right? <laughs> hasn't he? He's done this uh, more than three times. He's done this many times. But but again, to, to do something on such a big scale and to think of this type of plan of, of okay, we're going to have three tunnels. We're going to go one from here, one from there, one from the other place, and this is what we're going to do. You know, he, he didn't have that much time to, to plan it all. You know, he had to to, to scout out the, the camp and see, you know, where everything was going. And, and he did this uh, apparently all on his own in order – to, to get everyone together in this in this meeting room, so so it, it really works well the way that that uh, this minute starts off, and that's one of the reasons why we wanted you on this 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 week because this is a great uh, minute that deals with a lot of the exposition of of this of the the, the film. We, we we obviously want to hear your thoughts on it also. Uh, yeah, I besides think, uh, besides what we what we already <laughs> know about it. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's beautiful. It's it's ex, it, exposition is always a difficult thing. You can make it. A fascinating or you could you can make it a dull dishwater um i, I love the, i love all caper films that have this particular scene where they're gonna they're gonna lay out the whole system of who's in charge of what we're giving the org chart here we get um you know and and it's also a, it's a semi reintroduction i mean we've seen these faces around the camp we've seen at the at the at the beginning of this we've seen all these different faces but we don't know who's doing what so we meet like willie and danny are going to be the tunnel kings and um you know uh Sedgwick does manufacturing and all, all these all these different characters we go oh that's who they are you know Gordon Jackson is Mac for example he's intelligence he's going to be finding out what's going on outside the camp he has to coordinate with other people so these are like the department managers coming up with all their stuff um we we meet Henry uh, Henley this the scrounger who's he's supposed to get all the 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 merchandise so that all these other guys can do their jobs while, you know, while they have a tailor building. I, I keep thinking about tailor making enough civilian outfits for 250 people. And it just, you know, that just kind of flies by your head. You're like, wait a minute, how's he going to do that? It's it's um, not only the tailor, it's everyone. All of yeah. these, 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 these uh, different characters, you know, all of their jobs are, are they're dealing with, with things on a very large scale. I mean, we're not, we're not even manufacturer. I mean, he's got to deal with, uh, I mean, obviously a lot of these things we only found out during, find out later during the course of the film, what, what they're actually doing here. Here we just hear their, their titles, which some of the titles sort of make sense. You hear Tunnel Kings. Okay. You know what that means? Uh, diversions. You sort of know what that means. If you've never seen this before, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, yeah. intelligence, you sort of know also, you don't know to the extent of what they're, they're dealing with here. And might, things you might not have never, even have thought about it's like if well if you're digging a tunnel how are you going to get rid of the dirt so you give it to you know eric has the job of disposal how do you get rid of that much dirt out of a tunnel and hide it somewhere on a camp that you can't leave so right and the movie the movie doesn't even go get anywhere close to the to the the various ideas that are described in the book of what they really did yeah i mean they found it was it's unbelievable i mean if you if you read the book you'll see the places they found to hide dirt are just mind-boggling there are things that people never would have thought of 
And, you know, obviously the Germans didn't think of it either because they were able to get away with, with hiding so much dirt. I mean, at one point, they, they, they actually take dirt from one tunnel and fill up the other tunnel that they've already uh, dug, you know, because they said, okay, we're closing that one for now. So what are we going to do with the dirt? We'll just put it back in there and we'll, we'll, deal, we'll worry about it later, what we're going to do, uh, you know, when, when the dirt there is finished. They have uh, something in the movie that that's never mentioned is, is apparently there's like a uh, a recreation uh, hut where they can do like uh, theater and stuff like that, and they decide that that they're gonna you know uh, put put dirt under the stage, and it's unbelievable how much dirt they're able to get. They, the book explains that the amounts. I mean, I, I I I'm not a mathematician, so I can't really uh, you know go into the detail of of how they figured it out, but they explain. You know that that they were able to get so much dirt packed into there. It, it's just it's it's just amazing. I mean, th- this movie is three hours long, or almost three hours long, and it could have been so much longer if they went into even more detail of things that. Uh, and it would have, in my opinion, it would have stayed even even it, it would have stayed interesting even with that. And and who would have thought you'd have been that fascinated about tunneling? Yeah, it just seems like <laughs> yeah, okay. But the, just the just the. Um... Well, we can we can actually all be thankful that that this was made in the '60s because in real life they all stripped down completely in order to do the digging. So at least we, yeah. we were able to to only see uh, all of these actors dig with clothes on. Yeah, know. yeah. Um, it, it one of the things that uh, I was thinking about while while they were discussing the tunneling, tunneling has been such a part of um, uh, of of warfare. Um, I remember going to uh, Petersburg, Virginia, which is um, it's just outside of Richmond, Virginia. There's a uh, a rather famous siege that took place uh, there during the last year of the Civil War, and um, the uh, there was a large battlement built up, this big parapets and um, and uh, impregnable fortress that uh, the uh, the the rebels tried to figure out how to get. Uh, I'm sorry, the Union uh, troops tried to figure out how to get into this Confederate fortress, and uh, they just happened to have with them a contingent of uh, Pennsylvania infantry, all of whom were from, like, the Scranton area, which, you know, Wilkes-Barre, which oh, is okay. coal, they're, coal they're, mining they're miners. Yeah. They're miners, and they were look- exactly. And uh, the officer was looking over, looking at this place, going, how are we ever going to get through that those parapets that they built? And one of the... NCOs that was there said, "Well, we could go under it." And sure enough, they <laughs> they dug a they dug a hole underneath the parapet and then loaded it all up with uh, gunpowder and blew it up. They blew a hole in the middle of this thing. Unfortunately, one of the things they didn't plan on uh, during this uh, this raid on Petersburg was that when you blow something up, you wind up with a a large mud filled crater. So all the Union troops went over the hill into the crater where they were being picked off by the Confederate snipers who had, you know, had the high ground. And just uh, it was a pretty brutal battle that was fought. There was one of the, one of the final battles of the uh, of the Civil War. Um, and going there, when you see that the, the, the hole in the ground is still there after 130 years or so. Um, but it's just a, a little more. 160. <laughs> Sorry, I'm old. 100. I'm old. 160 years. Yeah. Uh, 155. Yeah. 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 It's it, it's this massive this massive hole in the ground uh, that that remains there to this day. And you see about how how big a hole they blew. You realize how deep a hole they had to dig in the first place to get down to <laughs> to set that off. Um, but uh, it was seeing this seeing this mining thing reminded me of that of of that part of warfare. Um, yeah. I mean, it's still it's still being done today. 
yeah, the, uh, this is a conceit of the film, and it, it it's okay. It, I mean, they wouldn't they, they shot it this way because this is how audiences are familiar with. The only problem I have with this particular scene is how well lit everybody is in the film. <laughs> <laughs> so the, those uh, those Germans really knew how to light a a, a POW uh, barracks, which library. Uh, this is the library. They're in the yeah. library. Okay, yeah, in the in the library. So well, come on, you need you need you need good lighting in the library in order to read all the all the the books. I mean, we 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 figured out that there's a whole bunch of books on the side. There's probably a couple copies of Mein Kampf. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and maybe maybe there's uh, copies of How to Break Out of Prison Camps. Yeah, well, apparently, and there's one on cinematography, too, because they've all got key light and fill uh, built <laughs> all three sides of them. Be- beautiful image of, uh, of X there. Um, he's got he's got he just keeps walking in and out of these rim lights that uh, perfectly frame his hair. Um, and it's just it's just funny how they're all he, he knows exactly where to walk. So they gets to the next the next three point lighting uh, setup. I wonder. I wonder if that's the the Attenborough who aspired to be a director, making yeah. sure that that he was well lit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a. It's a it's, I mean, it's 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 a beautiful thing. But you know, nowadays this would have been shot with uh, a lot more high contrast. It would have been it, you people have been poking in and out of shadows, talking. But uh, gosh, you think about how much light they had to throw on that uh, on that thing for it was de- filmed in deluxe color, so that, that it was a really slow, very rich film, but. To light up that back wall uh, where uh, where Attenborough and Garner are standing in front of that that takes a lot of light to uh, to dress up that room. <laughs> so it must, must have been pretty. And they're all they're all wearing wool coats, and it couldn't have been cool back. This is pre LED, so That's it must right. have been one hot set. Ah. Yeah, there's no question about that. I found it interesting the way that that uh, you know some of the characters are referred to by their by their last names, some of them are referred to by nicknames, some of them are referred to by their first names. I mean, throughout the movie you have this, you know, where where Henley is is rarely called by his first name. You know, yeah. he's and and you have the same thing with uh, Cavendish. This is one of the few times where he's referred to as Dennis. And then, then you have Colin. I, I love the way that they're telling you, they're saying everyone's uh, positions of what they're going to be doing, you know, and then he goes, Colin, you get your usual job. And and that obviously is just to set up the next scene. There's nothing, yeah. you know, <laughs> well, and, there's, and, no, there's no logical reason for him to say that, except for and, to say, okay, Henley won't know. <laughs> yeah, well, and Colin is, uh, you know, he's called by his first name because I think everybody there feels sorry for him because he's the... Yeah, even though he's he's part of the military, he's a he's a rank civilian. He's he's not he was supposed to be. Well, we'll get into that in a future yeah. minute. But he's he's not supposed to be there. And uh, I think everybody kind of feels bad for him because he's the guy they were they were supposed to be protecting behind the you know the rear echelon lines. Right. Well, now, did you notice? Did you know? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tom. Well, I was going to kind of go off of the name thing, and even active duty military. I mean, there were people I would call by their first names because, you know, we're of similar rank or those are the guys I spend my weekends and stuff with. And then there's the guys, It's you know, they're either above me in the chain of command or I just don't spend much time with them and then they get called by their last name. Right, and, okay, well, but, that's, but in, this, in this scene, we're dealing more with them all, you know, getting a, an overview of things that are going on. This isn't a conversation. I agree with what you're saying. If it's a conversation, you know, when you speak to someone that you're more friendly with, you're going to speak to them using their first name. But but here they're getting a briefing, basically. In a briefing, you'd think that it would be a little more formal. Yeah, but when you get, I mean, because I've had to sit in on some officer briefings, and there it's all first names. It's a little weird they don't stay consistent. 
that, you know, either everyone's going by their last name or everyone's by their first, but officers calling each other by first names definitely is not abnormal. At least yeah, no, in the no. U.S. I don't know about Israel. Right. No, no, no. That's fine. My, my point was, was not about, my point was the inconsistency, not, uh, not the idea of the informality of it all. Did either of you notice that, that, uh, that, that, uh, when Blythe shows up late, he has like a, he gives a special knock on the door? Yes, the, the one knock and then the two after. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So that they, they know that he's, he's allowed to come in, you know, and that no one, you know, said, no one's set off the alarm that <laughs> someone's coming, you know, that shouldn't be there. I, I also found it funny that, that he comes in, salutes to Roger, and then apologizes for, for being late. And like, no big deal. You can be late. Maybe that's back based on what what you were saying before that uh, you know everyone sort of feels bad for him because he's uh, because because he's a civilian, and and I love his reaction. His reaction to everything is splendid. Everything's splendid. You know, here I am in a in a in a POW camp. You know, but everything's splendid. You know, we're gonna tunnel. Ooh, splendid. <laughs> yeah, he. I I think his whole his whole section in here or his whole. His his way of dealing with the world is well. This is my life now. This is this is the way things are. So uh, just, yeah, well, we'll get that later in the week. Also, I have a few comments to make about him about him being okay with this. this is his life for now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any idea it, when we first uh, come in the first couple of seconds there as we see Colin approach? Um, I know this is difficult on people that are listening in, but they'll have to they'll have to go to minute thirty six and watch. That's all there is to it. Um, behind Colin on the wall, what looks like a giant um, Philly steak sandwich on the in a poster. I don't know what that is. Around second thirteen. Yeah, we've we've tried to figure out what what's on the wall there in the library. I mean, in when when we were dealing with uh, von Luger's office, it was a little more easy. It was a little easier to figure it out. I see what you're talking about here. It just looks but, like a really, uh, a really uh, melted, cheesy uh, Philly cheesesteak sandwich. I've, I've tried, be, I've tried picturing other things. That it's like, mm, it's not a map. It's yeah. not a. Um, right. Unfortunately, you can't like zoom in. Yeah. <laughs> to try to see. I mean, there, there's, there's. What, what about vase or a pitcher? Yeah, a that picture looks, there. That looks, like some that, kind of that looks really strange. Of, yeah, it's, it's that. Um, uh, not anodized, but it's uh, enameled. It's an enameled uh, pitcher, so I'm assuming it, it contains water or something like that. They don't want it to. Uh, usually, enameling a pitcher like that prevents it from getting uh, mossy, the the, the water. Uh, but I guess, uh, I guess the idea is to, to make it easier to drink when you're in the library. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they've got postcards. Apparently, people are sending in you know, having a wonderful time. Wish you were in uh, Capri or and which you were in Stalagluft too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the ocean breezes from the Baltic really feel good. Yeah, um, <laughs> they do have an awful lot of books. I'm, I'm I'm guessing that the Red Cross dropped them off, or maybe they're all in German, or uh, hard to hard to say what that is. Yeah, but but there is a, a group of books there that look like maybe encyclopedias, you know, <laughs> on the bottom yeah. shelf, you know, and, and uh, might, a very a very thorough card catalog too, just to make sure that nobody walks nobody walks out of the camp with the uh, library books. <laughs> Which they just remember they just got here yeah. today. <laughs> Very so that means the Germans. Are, that means the Germans are being efficient, unless they bring the books. No, they couldn't have brought the books with them because we've seen what 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 little things everyone carries with them. Yeah, um, the, uh, uh, I, I don't think it's Dewey Decimal, so it must be must be reference books or something. I'm not sure right. how they're uh, how they're stacking. I don't. Well, they need to get. Nobody's been issued a. You're the librarian. <laughs> Maybe well, it looks like Max the librarian. Oh, okay. He is sitting at yeah. the desk. 
That's right. He's in charge of intelligence, so maybe That's true, you know, yeah. how do you get intelligent by reading a lot of books? <laughs> so I did have a couple of questions about this whole setup and you know, just things that don't really seem to be explained throughout the movie that just strike me as odd in this minute. So Willie is also in charge or not Bronson is also in charge of traps. And I'm curious what they're, you know, I don't know if the book says anything or what do you guys think Roger says when he says trap means when he says traps, he's talking about the trap doors, trying to, to, how to seal up the, the entrance to the tunnels. Yeah, I think uh, we get that, a, that we see later on when he when he breaks the uh, concrete and then well, they have to put in the concrete slab in. I guess, but yeah, that's I, always that's always Danny uh, doing. You know, he's the one with the pickaxe uh, right. breaking through. So that's what they're referring to. I, I think that's what they're referring to when they say traps. Now, I also found it interesting that he, that that, uh, that big S, uh, says only to Danny. We'll discuss these loca- We'll discuss the locations tomorrow. You know, everyone else. He 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 gives them their their jobs and he 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 says okay we'll talk about everything uh, you know during while while we're all exercising, uh, but specifically to Danny he says we'll discuss specific locations tomorrow, and not to anybody else. Yeah, they they have I, I think they're just trying to limit uh, need to know and uh, also yeah. they still haven't I, I don't think they fully scoped out the the, the premises so he's gonna he's gonna have to wait for some more intelligence reports from Mac to figure out where, you know, what's the closest to the trees, where, you know, how, how far away can they get away with it? And, um, so well, then he, they can ask, they can ask Cavendish to, <laughs> to do a, a wrong survey, yes. you know, an incorrect survey. <laughs> That's what he's there for. He's, he's there for incorrect maps and surveys. Although it is, I, I will say in Cavendish's defense, it is entirely possible Danny doesn't know how to measure what he's dug. <laughs> I am all on board for blaming Cavendish for this entire thing. I feel like at some point I need to throw Danny under the bus for a minute. No, but they 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 do have the string that they they measure on the inside. So it's a question of <laughs> of comparing the string on the inside to 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 the survey on the outside. But yeah, okay. Well, we're, <laughs> we're going to well, be dis- we're going to be discussing this issue for for many many months with <laughs> Dan- Danny's constant problems with uh, claustrophobia and being you know and being far being uh, confined. It may be everything feels like a mile to him. You know, I've got to get a mile now. Look how far it is in, inside this tunnel. Could be, could be, could be. Uh, and this um, is number, this will be number seventeen. Is that right? He still yeah. Still yep. doesn't yeah, so uh, practice makes perfect, I guess, but we'll see. And he he he, he gets out this time. <laughs> so yeah, the, that's spoiler alert. <laughs> so the other question I had is, I can understand where a lot of the things they get come from. Where are the compasses? How do you get two hundred and fifty compasses in a POW? The book the book actually explains it. Oh, it, I, they, would, I think you can make them. Well, but you they made can, them. They made them. They made them. Basically, they, they 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 were able to to find. I can't remember. So I'm 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 not a uh, chemical person or whatever. So I'm not really a scientist. So I, I couldn't tell you specifically what they used in order to to make the compasses. But the book does describe the fact that they they were able to get like uh, mercury, mercury or a little bit of aluminum from things, and they were able to create compasses. They're not you know standard compasses that everyone's going to be using they're makeshift compasses but they're still compasses okay if they're okay because i was looking i was trying to do some research on homemade compasses but everything i was finding looks like it lasts for two hours you know but they're most of the ones i found were the homemade boy scout ones you know rubber banged it on a needle for 
a bunch of times, and then it works for an hour or so before the magnetism kind of dissipates. Well, yeah, if you have a, I mean, if you have a magnet with a high K level, you can, uh, you can, uh, you know, like you were saying, you can do it for a couple of minutes and it'll last an hour. But if you have somebody in charge of magnets and you have it sitting there with a high K magnet uh, for days, eventually the, and and if the, if the metal is narrow enough and it's of a high enough quality, it should hold it for weeks. Um, And then all you just need is like mineral oil in a a case. Um. But well, I mean, I'm sure these guys figured it. Here, all right, I can, here I can, I can explain to you from from the book. It says the so they made the compass castings out of broken gramophone records, heating the bits till they were soft as dough, and then pressing them into a mold. Uh, artists painted the points on the compass accurately on little circles of paper, and they fitted neatly into the base of the casings. He sank a gramophone needle in the center of the base of the needle pivot. For the needle pivot, pivot the direction needle itself was a bit of sewing needle, which he rubbed against a magnet. They were able to, to magnetize these needles and find a way to, to have them work. Yeah, and you can I, you can probably get magnets out of one of the trucks that were on you know one of the many trucks that were there, part of the starter motors. <laughs> you need a yeah, but you, but you won't get two hundred and fifty. <laughs> no, no, no. You just need one one major right, magnet, need... and that'll magnet, magnetize everything else. You just need to do it once. Ah, so you, okay. you get one of the starter motors out of a out of a truck, and then uh, just take that apart and grab take it off the stator. Um, but I those boxes in the background. I just keep thinking there's like five um, uh, Ark of the Covenants. <laughs> they look they look exactly like the box that was in the Bantu Wind. Um, yeah, no, I I think those those boxes all have more more copies of Mein Kampf. Yeah, <laughs> just in case, case you run out. Yeah. Uh, um, right. Um, I, I also love his conversation with Eric when, when he's, he's the first thing he says to Eric is, have you thought about how you're going to get rid of the dirt? And my thought, my first thought was, is, wait a second. You just told him 30 seconds ago that he has to deal with dirt from three different tunnels. <laughs> and now you're asking, have you decided what you're doing with them yet? And thankfully he responded appropriately and says, well, I didn't anticipate you'd give me three tunnels, but we'll, we'll manage in the usual places, which is an interesting uh, way to, 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 you know, basically shut him up. <laughs> Like, and then, and then the, the 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 last person who speaks here is when Soren says, "Who's going to handle security?" Which is one of the stupidest things to ask, because if he's the security guy who's been, you know, he, he's in he's in the X organization as a security guy, why is he asking that question? Oh, that's me. That's on me. Oh, yeah. He's like, uh, oh crap. <laughs> well, yeah, he's like the guy that that raises his hand and said, to tells the teacher that they forgot to give his homework. Um, <laughs> Are you volunteering? Thank you. <laughs> wow. Well, and I wonder. Yeah. Well, that, do you, yeah. Oh, I was going to say. I was wondering if he was previously security, or was he some other role in a different camp? That now that they're together, he gets up, you know, promoted or demoted to security. Well, I, I that that is a valid point. But they mentioned before, uh, you know, uh, last week we discussed it where, where Roger and uh, Ramsey are speaking together about is, do they have the whole X organization with them? So he would have said that besides missing uh, the scrounger, we're, we were also missing someone for security. Probably. I would think. But again, maybe maybe he was number two beforehand and he's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, the, the guy who was number one isn't here. So uh, who's going to be dealing with it? Who knows? Could be. 
And 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 I love how this is the scene where where Big X actually meets Henley. You know, he's yeah. mentioned to him beforehand, and Henley is is invited to this meeting, which which is also interesting because here you have a meeting of the X organization. And so, I mean, we discussed this I think last week that how do they know they can trust Henley? So the the the, the answer that we came up with. Uh, correct me if I if I if I'm wrong on what we said last week, Tom, uh, was that basically he someone must have vouched for him from another camp camp or something like that because he's taking over the role of someone else. So he's told, okay, come to this X meeting, <laughs> and then then uh, you know Big X is talking to everybody. He's saying you're in charge of this, you're in charge of this, and you're in charge of this, and then he looks at Henley and says to himself, hmm, uh, this is the guy I don't know, so this must be Henley. <laughs> So then he goes, oh, we've never met. And he shakes his hand. And then he goes, you're the scrounger, right? And he goes, right. <laughs> so. Well, he's the only guy with USA written on his sleeve. So he's going, oh, it's either him or 15 he, other guys in the Hulk. <laughs> he must like, be the, the American. Yeah. <laughs> no. And well, well, they, we established a few weeks ago that in, in this camp specifically, obviously not in the real, in the, the real uh, camp. There were 15 Americans who were who were transferred out a few weeks before the the, the final escape happened, but in this one they've already established Goff already established that basically there's only three Americans in the whole camp. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So, do either of you have anything else for this minute? Um, I I'm not sure. We I think we get we have James Donald for one more minute in this or the beginning of the next minute. So I I wanted to say some things about him, but we could save it for tomorrow. Let's do let's let's save it for tomorrow. Okay. All right. Very good. Tommy, have anything else? I do not. Okay. Jim, you want to tell everyone how they can get in contact with you? You can listen listen to listen to my shows. I've got uh, we finished the. <laughs> I mean, we've done the Rocketeer minute. We've done, uh, uh, gosh, Apollo thirteen minute, the airport minute, uh, and then all the all the group M, uh, movies by minute ones like uh, Into the Night minute and uh, North by Northwest. And uh, currently, as as we're recording this, uh, the best minutes podcast covering the nineteen forty six William Wyler directed feature, The Best Years of Our Lives, is currently playing. So, it's still uh, playing. It's still playing. Don't worry. Yeah, it'll be going through August. So uh, tune in. Yes. Even if even if it's done, go in. It's not a. It's over there at thebestminutes.com, where you can find it on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can probably find us there too. Okay, great. And uh, hopefully you'll you'll come back tomorrow to continue discussing uh, the, this this uh, heist movie. From oh, the I've got yeah, I've got piles of things to say. So yes, please come back tomorrow. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so you can contact us by by email, thegreatminute at gmail dot com. Our Facebook group is the Cooler, the Cooler. Our website is thegreatescapeminute dot com. You can uh, contact us on Twitter at greatescapemxm. Uh, Please go and rate and review us on any podcatcher that, that you may use. And we shall see you tomorrow. Tally ho. Tally ho. Tally ho. Tally ho.